there's a new bar in town. Welcome to the Turnbuckle Arms, where the banter flows like wine and the topics are as fresh as an ice-cold pint. So pull up a chair, grab yourself a glass and welcome your hosts, The Brood! Good evening, good afternoon or good morning, whatever it is to you. We are Lexi and Grizz from the Turnbuckle Arms podcast and the Turnbuckle Arms is now open for a swift one. It's a Monday afternoon when we're recording this and to be perfectly honest with you, we thought it's a much better way to spend the time than being in work. Anyway, um, so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, um, thank you for joining us. This is a swift half, we hope, fingers crossed. It's funny how the rest of the crew decided to put the two most talkative members Mm. of uh, the Turnbuckle Arms together on a swift half episode, but there we go. Um, Our theme, our topic this week is the one and only Mr. Jim Johnston. We'll go into him a little bit more in a minute. Um, But before we do... I have to start by being real with everyone. Um, We recorded on Saturday. For some reason, every single member that was with us on the podcast saw that we were recording. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it's gone. We don't know where it's gone. We don't know what happened to it. I, uh, because I was the one that pressed record, I've been in contact and apparently it's a very weird error that happens. So this will just have to sort of compensate for a lack of episode this month. We did record it and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, Grizz was our host. Grizz decided that he wanted to do some karaoke, which is why I chose the Jim Johnson theme. Um, So before I get into anything else, I'm going to throw to Grizz so Grizz can say hi because he's waited patiently. Bless him. Thank you. Um, so yeah, when you're ready, go ahead. Yep, you're absolutely right. We uh, we recorded that episode. We had bets that that we'd done. We had uh, karaoke. Uh, Jason almost blew up the speakers of everyone's uh, laptop. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. But, but as we said, he he won the uh, singing his heart awards uh, that night. So yeah, we did. Bless him for that. Um, and, yep, as we said, the whole thing just completely disappeared and we have no idea where it's went. And it's kind of heartbreaking because we really all, like, put something kind of special into that episode. We did. Um, and I will be absolutely honest with you, I uh, rapped um, for it. And, um, yeah, I don't know if I'll do that again. Just going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I still, it, it was... I, I, I still had to pay Allegra's for his appearance, though. Yes, Allegra's was amazing. Um, I'm sure he might make a return at some point, though. He's getting getting kind of of high in demand, so we'll need to see. I see. We might have to pre-book him, so stay with us on that one. So, um, going to today's theme. Uh, If you don't know who Jim Johnson is, Jim Johnson is, or Jim Johnston um because i keep dropping dropping that t in his name um jim johnston was with wwe slash wwf from 1985 um he left somewhat under the radar in 
2017. He is the composer for the majority of themes that you will know. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, he's also done things for pay-per-views, TV shows, things like themes, vignettes, commercials, tribute episodes and stuff. Movies. He's also done movies as well. I was just about to go on to that. He's done um, two famous examples is The Chaperone, which I think has Triple H in it. And The Reunion, which I'm not too sure who's in that. Mm. Um, uh, Chaperone's the one that has um, Alex from Modern Family in it. Does it? Mm. did not know that. You can tell I don't really watch it, but there we go. <laughs> no. um, he's also appeared in various documentaries over the years as well. For me, the two that stick out is Beyond the Mat. Mm. Uh, there's a section in Beyond the Mat, and if you don't know what that is, um, I highly recommend that you track it down either on DVD or Blu-ray or, or via whatever means you can. Um, and it basically is the story of him creating Vader's music. And what's really interesting is Vader's music is actually based on how he walks, mm-hmm. which I think is is amazing. Um, he was also in The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. I have to put that one in for very obvious reasons. We all know why. Um, and, yeah, um, he's out there. He's, you know, he was seen on various pay-per-views throughout his tenure, um, I think he was at WrestleMania, sort of the late 90s, appearing with the DX band, performing their theme. There's nothing that he can't play in terms of a musical instrument. He's just a very, very talented guy. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about, really, was... Um, uh, also, just before, well, while we're talking about documentaries, confirmed signature sounds, uh, the music of WWE is on WWE Network. It is a fantastic documentary. If you ever get the chance to see it, it's about an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looks at how he creates things, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, yeah, literally Fandango was in the thumbnail for it and one of the parts in that documentary is just, uh, this is kind of how Fandango's theme started and he's just sitting next to a piano and just goes, dun, 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 dun. It's like, so that's how it starts and then it kind of builds from there so then you go, dun, dun, dun and then he's like adding more keys in as time goes on and then it just slowly progresses into the Fandango theme that you know and it's like, oh, there it is. I can hear it now. Yeah, it's, it's badass no matter... No matter which way you look at it. Um, so, overall, looking at his general career, is there any sort of highlights for you in terms of WWE and what he's achieved? Well, um, what what I find interesting is uh, see stuff like these. Uh, there's these kind of um, weird CDs that just end up on Spotify these days. And one of the interesting things that I found from it was there was a version of Triple H's theme song, King of Kings, that was sang by Jim Johnson, like the demo version before... Um, yeah, before uh, Motorhead covered it. So it's it Jim Johnson singing it. That's insane. It's oh. very different. I can imagine. I can't imagine it being sung by anyone else but Lemmy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I did read as well all the information that I said before. Um, I took off Wikipedia. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. The academic part of me goes, no, you must not use Wikipedia. But actually, I'm like, oh, sack, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I, I use Wikipedia for my other podcasts. So, see, I'm with the best now. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Lot, a lot of my fond memories of wrestling is associated with him. Um and it was interesting going back to what you were saying about the King of Kings um, theme mm-hmm. um, was that um, it says in the Wikipedia article that, you know, Jim Johnson was quite pro the use of Motorhead um, along with other bands as well. Um, and he played an active part in sort of elevating them. Um not that I think that Motorhead needed elevating at the point that they were used by WWE, but you know, um, and there's a story in my time, I think it is, uh, Triple H's first theme by Motorhead, where Lemmy was was pretty much not not well at all. Um, <laughs> the belief was that he was dying. And Triple H is a massive fan of Motorhead. And literally, he recorded that. Lemmy recorded that. And they thought it was going to be his last recording. And he sort of lived for another 15 years. So, there <laughs> yeah, we I go. Think, uh, I think Lemmy has been uh, dying for, or, well, was dying for about the past, like, 20 years he was alive. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Um, may he rest in peace, bless him. But Absolutely. It, it was just nice that, you know, he did that thing and i'm not sure whether that's a jim johnson theme or not i'm going to assume so yeah i feel like it must be um i feel like a a lot of that stuff during the time was all like kind of composed by uh by him because like it was um it was uh i think it wasn't my time i think it was the first version of the game but it sounded it still had the kind of um my time kind of weird backing track like sound yeah. that that um that my time had and then we're kind of like this just doesn't suit me like could we like maybe try and like see if we can get a band like kind of like mo- like, like kind of sound like motorhead to do it and it's like well we can get a band that sound like motorhead but we can get motorhead if you want and then triple h was like huh well funny how that works yeah yeah i think that i think that was really cool um and for me, if I was a wrestler, you know, I'd certainly want my favourite band to go in. But um, for me, Jim Johnson was sadly, able... Sadly, I would not be able to do that because then I'd just be copying Edge. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, it depends on the character that I would play. Um, mm. Because if I was evil, dark and brooding, I know exactly what band I would use. Um, and they happen to be on your hat. Um, but there we go, it's Ghost Um, so for me one thing that I miss about Jim Johnson and I don't know if it's the same with you but Jim Johnson had this incredible knack of looking at a talent and going okay, that this is unusual about this person this Mm. is unusual and picking that out and then building his foundations if you like for for the house which is the theme um on it and it's something that i don't feel work 
books now. It doesn't happen much. I mean, maybe it's just me. What What do you think? Well, the, the fact that the, you originally spoke about how Jim Johnson building that theme around Vader, around the way he walks, is a perfect example. Like, and more often than not, definitely a, a lot of these uh, these themes, like they suit the wrestler that that used them. Like, looking at um, the list of songs that I have in my uh, like, cause I actually done a wee bit of like sitting and thinking and took notes. So, like for example, like one of them here is uh, Gangrel. Like, so he he looked at he looked at Gangrel, looked at the the character and the wrestler, and it's like, okay, right, well, he's a kind of you know va- vampire Satan-y kind of thing. So he needs to have this dark, really creepy uh, theme song, and then like obviously he would start going around and making Gangrel's theme, and then the finishing product the finished product when you play that with Gangrel making his entrance it's like man you hit the nail on the head and then yeah. then you kind of jump forward to like you know today where it's, it's just things like the one um, the one that mo- the modern one that jumps out for me is Samoa Joe when mm-hmm. Samoa Joe first came out on NXT he had like this really weird like upbeat jazzy oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it was bassy, and we all we love a bit of bass in this household. But for me, I heard that I looked at Matt and I went, "This just doesn't, this just doesn't fit him. It's not yeah. Samoa Joe. It's too nice. It's too upbeat." Because it, it had the, it had the intro, it had the intro, and then it just kind of went boom, do 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 that first uh, episode where he de- debuted the new theme song, the one he has now, it's like, there you go. That's um, what we were looking for. That's Samoa Joe. I mean, it took a while for me to get used to AJ Styles' theme. And I don't know whether it was because um, I watched him through TNA. So I was more used to hearing him come out to a more rocky kind of sound. So it took a while. And I, was it CFOS who built... who? who composed that i i don't know so so. he has had some hit and misses and i don't mean to disrespect anybody that that's mentioned here um it's just you know how can he go from the absolute sublime of bobby roods Mm -hmm. of shinsuke nakamura um even you know um oh who else is it i'm just trying to think now on nxt and i absolutely love it um, Sasha Banks, yeah. Ah. How can how can they go from them to the likes of messing up with Samoa Joe, um, and I don't know the like the undisputed era to a degree. Don't get me wrong, I like it. It's grown on me. But when I first heard it, I thought that was that group. Mm. It it needs something better. Like it's a fantastic backing track, but it needs something over the top. Yeah, give us some lyrics. Yeah, give me, you know, it could be like their manifesto in song. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I didn't really have that with Jim Johnson. Um, yeah. You know. Um, well, a few few little things from that is, uh, first of all, apparently so I've heard, I don't know how true this is, apparently AJ Styles' theme was actually meant to be given to James Storm. Okay. So when he was kind of cutting about NXT, that was... That was meant to be given to him, and then obviously when he left, they were like, "Well, it's got the term redneck," and AJ Styles is kind of 
a redneck, except he's not. But we can just disregard that. It's fine. We'll work with it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And then also, apparently, Glorious was meant to be um, Nakamura's theme song. Okay, because I've heard something different about that. Ooh. I heard that Glorious was supposed to be Austin Aries' theme. Ooh. And Austin Aries heard it and went, no, that's not for me, that's for somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I actually saw Bobby Roode pre-Glorious um, at NXT Liverpool okay, in 2016, I think. And he had this generic yeah. pink shimmery titan tron thing and i was just like it's got to be better than this surely surely oh, and yeah. then obviously glorious came and it was like yes yes indeed there you go um i'm talking about jim johnson singing for those of you who don't know i think in the signature sounds documentary i'm sure it's in the signature sounds documentary it might not be um but there is footage somewhere of CFOS doing the lead vocals to Glorious and he absolutely belts it out um, so we might get our Lord, you know uh, Big Johnny, I can still say it um, Big Johnny Big Big Johnny or Johnny Maur as I like to say um, to, to find it and put a clip um, in the links below so you mm-hmm. can see what I'm on about um, so the question with that then is obviously WWE have been a bit hit and miss with um, themes since. Do you think that he's missed? Do you think that he could ever come back in a way? I mean, he was with the company 32 years and for me, you know, it just felt like it was abrupt. The mm-hmm cut was you know the release was abrupt it came out of nowhere um so is there a chance that he could return to WWE well when you asked that question the first thing I thought was no as much as what what is he missed absolutely by anyone that even cares slightly about wrestling theme songs yes he is missed and it is for a, a vast different kind of reasons like well, for example, during Jim Johnson's sort of like run, we got all these like kick-ass albums of real-life bands doing theme songs, and then not only that, not only were they doing theme songs, they were doing full songs. You know, a full five-minute track. The Miz's theme song is still a five-minute track, whereas, um, like, what Finn Balor, his is essentially a minute and a half loop. Yes. So this it's kind of things like that that are definitely missed on the fans' uh, sort of uh, sort of side, but. I feel as if this is that whole kind of thing with WWE of, you know, they had somebody working for them for so long and then it's like, yeah, but we can get somebody else that's much younger to come in and do the same job for cheaper. Like the way that they also got rid of like that, the, the, the timekeeper that had been with the company for X amount of years and they're just like, yeah, but we can just get the ring announcer to do that and then that means we don't need to pay you. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of that thing of like, I feel like if you have too long of a career in WWE that isn't a wrestler, they'll eventually, you know, get rid of you and find like the cool, younger, hipper person. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener. No. Um, I think for me, it would be nice if he came back and he 
his role was gradually reduced. So if they announced, right, he's coming back over three years, he'll be full-time for the first year, then he'll be part-time for the next two, mm-hmm. with it gradually going to less and less and less, and he could go, look, this is the way, this is what we do, this is how we do it. I mean, you know, he looked at the Mankind character, for example, he just looked at drawings, he didn't see McFoley, and he, he created this theme. And then McFoley went to him and went, I want an outro. And he's the only wrestler to ever have a different in introduction and exit theme. An exit theme. Um, which I thought was amazing. And it's something that I didn't pick up on as a child. You know, but as I've gotten older, obviously, you know. Um with that being said then, he was spotted at WWE, uh, not WWE, uh, AEW All In Ooh. in September 2018. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, do you think AEW, and I, you know, this is said without me knowing who's working for AEW, is it is it worth AEW approaching him and saying, listen, you know, you might be at a loose end, come and, come and work for us, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, he still definitely has the talent. And again, that's that kind of harps back to like, like what we're saying of, of like Jim Johnson could play instruments. He can he can do all this with his actual physical hands. Whereas I think that the people that WWE hire these days, they do it all on their, their laptop. And it's like, oh, well, I need a drum fill. OK, there you go. There's your drum fill. Now we're going to add some guitar on that. There you go. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting. I'd like to see it, to be honest with you. I'd like to see what he could do for the likes of Omega um, and the Young Bucks, really. Um, I mean, Omega's got a good theme song, but I don't think the Young Bucks' theme song's that great. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not dissing anybody in AEW's theme. No, I know. Yeah. Um, it would just be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Jim Johnson gave us absolute pearls like Tyler Breeze's theme. Um, you know, Fandango. So you know, Breeze Ango. Although they did miss out on a trick calling it for Breeze, but I get why they didn't call him call Breeze. it that. But um, yeah, the, he gave us absolute gems like that. So for me, yeah, um, I just had a quick thought. I want to know who wrote most of the NXT UK themes because they seem to be really. They seem to be channeling that Jim Johnson vibe mm-hmm. um, of um, the one I'll use is Tyler Bate. Um, Tyler mm-hmm. Bate's theme is essentially Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer, but not. Um, and we know that he uses that on the indies. There's footage of him mm-hmm. drumming along to it um, at, a how, at, a, at a show, at an indie show. So for me, whoever's done that has clearly done their research and gone from there kind of thing but there we go our friends over at hope spot clothing are offering listeners to the wrestling with Jollas podcast 10 percent discount off of all of their t-shirts and merchandise simply use the code wwjpod that's wwjpod Host Spot Clothing are a charity label with over 50% of all profits going to a variety of good causes. Go to their website www.hopespotcc.com That's hopespotcc.com 
and take advantage of their great discount now. So, next question then. Mm -hmm. Does he deserve a Hall of Fame spot in WWE? 1000% he does. I mean, there's there's people that have been put in the Hall of Fame before him that I don't even understand why they're in the Hall of Fame to begin with, but with someone, the, the career that he has and the things that he's done for people, like... Just off the top of your top of your head, like you know, glass shatters, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme. Could you imagine if that wasn't his theme song? Would he be anywhere near the star he was? Because anytime you heard that glass shatter, the roof blew off the, any arena that Austin stepped into, and it still does. Mm, like yeah. you know, um, for me, The Undertaker. Yeah, that gong has always followed him throughout his career. Um, look at the likes of um, now I'm not sure if he wrote it or he co-wrote it I could be wrong but Hulk Hogan's theme Mm. I've heard I don't know if it's true I've heard that Real American um, was actually either written by or co-written with Jimmy Hart so that might be the anomaly in this but you, you look at the talent that he's worked with over the years. I mean, we, we go back to 1985 to 2017, mm-hmm. you know, the likes of Mr. Perfect, the late great road warriors, the rockers. I mean, you know, the ultimate warrior, you know, there's so many. And he just seems to have been working so hard. And I don't know whether it's, you know, not his pure natural talent and I'm not taking away from him there of just being able to get someone and go with it mm-hmm. or whether he genuinely did just s- step outside the box and go, okay, what can I do to make this unique? Um, various of his themes have been rehashed over the years. Um, on Saturday, you mentioned Randy Orton's theme voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know that's actually a slowed down version of Nitro Mercury's theme? So if you take Eminem's theme, yeah, the slow it down. Mm -hmm. It's voices by Randy Orton. Wow. I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't had it confirmed, but as soon as I heard it, I went, "That's Mercury and Nitro's theme," (laughs) and I was like, "That's fucking lazy." But (laughs) there we go. Um, And also, like, um, there's one about Kurt Angle's theme as well. Somebody used it before Kurt Angle. Patriot. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go, you see. Um, right. also, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that um, Hulk Hogan's theme song was used by a tag team before it was given to Hulk Hogan. Possibly, yeah. Um, what, although... I want to say like American Males or something like that, maybe. But that's just uh, that that's just off the top of my head. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it wasn't them as a tag team then. Uh, yeah. But there's like some American tag team... Um, and then they were like, yeah, but Hulk Hogan. And then <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. Um, we might have to do that. If if anyone knows, obviously, if we say anything wrong, just sort of let us know. We're, you know, just sort of going through here, just sort of chatting and stuff. So um, yeah, don't, don't at us and be like, well, actually. <laughs> no, you can be. There's just nice ways of going about yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, you know. You know. Don't be an asshat about it. Yeah, yeah. 
um, especially because you'll make Grizz cry, and we don't like that. Or we'll make, or we'll make Taco and Belle cry. And for those of you that don't know, they're Grizz's lovely, lovely kittens. Oh, look at him! Oh, he's completely sleeping. Have we bored you, Taco lad? Uh, well, he's been he's been running about uh, all over my lap most of the day, like just looking for pets. So I'm um, kind of kind of glad that he has settled down during this this nice. Uh, Thanks for that. I'll uh, send some cat treats cat treats for you. Okay, so uh, when we were talking about this the other day, I thought or I suggested uh, a top three and a worst three. So. I'm going to go with the worst first because um so your top three worst themes by Jim Johnson well I definitely have more than three but here we go go on um so what I tried to do was I tried to at least get one from every kind of era um so for my kind of older theme I have enough is enough the Owen Hart theme song yeah because yeah. that that went from his awesome um, King of King of Hearts theme yeah. that he had during the time that he was feuding with Bret Hart, and then I went to this weird, crappy metal clanging sounding theme yeah. song with like the and kind him, of shitty sounding guitar and him screaming "Enough is enough, and it's time for a change." Like that was the only good bit about it, because like yeah, it, to be fair, it, it associated them with it. But then it's just like if you took that bit out, and it was just like. Clang, 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 clang. You could just give that to anybody. You can give that to like Mark Henry, and it would work because then you could just be like, "Oh, that's uh, the metal clang, and that's him doing lifting weights or do do do." Yeah. Um, and it's just because like, and then like even took all this, it's like it goes from that amazing theme, and it it's uh it's a step down like in terms of theme quality, but then it also kind of reflects like. Owen Hart's career at that point because that was kind of the time where he went from feuding with Bret Hart for the WWF title to then kind of just becoming no-name mid-card guy teaming with Yokozuna and not doing yeah. as much exciting stuff like don't get me wrong like this stuff is still fun from what I've seen because it's not exactly my time yeah. um but it was def- a, a definite step down and it kind of all showed together at once yeah yeah I agree um, do you know what? I didn't even consider that. Um, so thank you for adding that into my honourable mentions. Um, go on, next one. Uh, okay, so the next one I have is End of Days, Wade Barrett's first version of the theme song. He only used it for about a week on television and it was very, very unpolished. And then this was the theme song that started to become the course theme. So, like, Every two weeks, you get the new remix version, the new re- remix version, and it eventually became super awesome. And then they continued to keep changing it. So oh. we... now you see, I'm a little bit torn on that one because okay. I think that it was supposed to be inspired by the Manic Street Preachers, which is a band that I absolutely love. And if you listen to their very early stuff, it was very raw, um, unclean. It, it really, really was you know it wasn't crisp it was this is what we've made and this is it kind of thing um it's no secret that barrett is or Stu bennett whatever you want to call him is a fan of um the manics um 
and that's shown by the tattoo on his arm. Not only is it in the style of Richie Edwards, which is the, or was, the second guitarist in the Manic Street Preachers, um, unfortunately no longer with us, apparently, so rest in peace, sir. Um, But uh, he has going around that tattoo um, culture, alienation, boredom and despair, which is actually lyrics from a song by them called Little Baby Nothing, which for those of you of a younger age, do us a favour, cover your ears for a minute. I'll give you a thumbs up when it's okay. Um, That song actually has uh, Tracy Lords, the porn star in it. Providing the female vocals. T-R-A-C-I. Ah, okay. Um, it was actually supposed to be Kylie Minogue. Fun fact. Um, but they didn't, uh, whatchamacallit, they didn't uh, do it because of scheduling conflicts. Um, and it's very, very interesting as well. I'm not sure if she's actually in the video for it, for Little Baby Nothing, but it's funny how it's only James, the lead singer, not Nicky Wire or Sean Moore, in that video. Think of that what you will. <laughs> Are you looking it up now? Uh, no, I just saved it for later. Uh, ah, I thought so, I thought so. Um, research, research. Ah, so, but yeah, that that's the reason why it sounded the way that it did, because I'm pretty sure it pays homage to the Manic Street Preachers, and they are, I love them to pieces, but they're not the greatest. Um, so, yeah. You've gone very quiet, Grizz. Oh, testing. Testing. Very, very quiet. Yours? Try again. I've turned you up on my laptop, but... Um, can you hear me now? I'm just going to try and talk at a rough level that I have been. I was muttering a bit minute ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine then. That's fine. Yeah, I, I was worried. So, John, you can cut this. Thanks. Appreciate it. Much love. Um, right then, so uh, anything to add about that theme by Wade Barrett or um, it was just kind of like the more so it was to kind of talk about the evolution of it like because it was kind of the only other kind of theme song that, well there was the small Joe one that you kind of mentioned earlier and how that evolved and the only other yeah. one I can remember uh, recently was, remember Jason Jordan's theme song when that started and then that started to evolve on TV but the first couple of weeks it was just a couple of farty trumpets yeah um I don't now that you've brought that up I still don't think I'm over the the breakup of um American Alpha I'm not even gonna lie um so yeah um okay interesting although is that technically a Jim Johnson theme or is it a CFOS I think that's a CFO dollar same one, but it was just it's kind of like the the, the sort of way of um, putting the two of them side by side kind of thing. Get yeah, get yeah, um, and also as well, just on Wade Barrett's theme, um, I was so annoyed, so annoyed when he left because the Manic Street Preachers said in an interview, if WWE want us, we will record for them, and I was like, shut up take the money it doesn't matter about the communist beliefs take the fucking money go lads um but we haven't had it yet 
However, now that he's back in NXT, please, please get it to happen. Um, Every commentator has a theme song. So there is, there, even if uh, Wade Barrett never wrestles again, he could get like a Manic Street Preachers theme song. I, I would just be really interested to see how Nicky Wire would react, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, because Nicky Wire is very famous for um, dressing in women's clothing and stuff. And I've seen him on stage and every performance I've seen of him live, he's come out after a while wearing a skirt. So um, it'd be very interesting to see how WWE would react to that. Um, and I could I can just imagine him at WrestleMania, that'd be boss. Anyway, anyway. Um, so did did you say that uh, Jason Jordan was your top one or no, no, it was just it was just as an example of kind of like theme songs that you hear on television for weeks and then they start to build up to their final they they, they digivolve into their final form. Yeah. Um uh, go on. But the the next two I have I'm just gonna go side by side. Go on. Um, Tropic Storm and Cher, 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 Tamina and Jinder Mahal's theme songs because Tamina has never had a good theme song like throughout her entire career and yeah. you know bad uh, bad theme songs for bad wrestlers and Jinder Mahal as well like um, his current one that he has uh, is probably the best one he's had but that one fills me with dread uh, because it means we have to watch Jinder Mahal but <laughs> But the one the one he had in his original uh, run was just really really bad. And again, I think I think it doesn't help that I just really loathe these two wrestlers. But I mean, um, well, just for a very quick example, like sometimes when you hear a theme song, you can like you end up start liking people that you don't necessarily like. Like for example, like I fucking loved Mojo Raleigh just because his theme song was so cool. When he came yeah. out, it's just like, yeah, but he sucks. But like, look at him running to the ring. Look at him doing all that shit with his awesome, like, heavy, yeah. you know, ag- aggressive theme song. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think if I, um, I think Randy Orton. Randy Orton's the same for me. And uh, is it "Burning My Light" by Mercy Drive? Uh-huh. Loved that song, and grew to like Randy Orton because of it. Um, now not so much a fan with his um, slowed down Nitro Molina uh, Nitro Mercury even uh, theme but there we go that's just me yeah. um, right. I, I do oh. have one more go on Right. welcome to the Queendom Stephanie McMahon's theme song which oh is that the current one yeah yeah yeah, I not think... a fan about for every kind of <laughs> every everything else I pretty much said about Jinder Mahal and Tamina, but then it also means like, oh no, that means we need to see Stephanie McMahon talk for twenty minutes. Yeah, right. And it's but just a, not a good. It's just not a good theme song. No, it's not, and that's with no disrespect to her, but yeah, I mean, you look at the one that Shane uses that is a Jim Johnson thing, and that is quality. I love that. I even, it's one of my ringtones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because I'm really sad like that. Um, no, you're not. But yeah, um, I don't know. I There's something about it that I just don't, 
don't like, but anyway. Um, right then. So I've got two honourable mentions for my worst. Okay. The first one is uh, Rob Conway. <gasps> Just look at me. No. Yeah. No um, it, I don't know what it is. It just made him even sleazier. Um, Perfect for what it was going for. Yeah, but in a yeah, not in a great way. Um, uh, and then Gillian Hall's sliced bread. I know you want mine. Yeah. Um, although every time I hear that, it puts in in my head Justin Timberlake's sexy back. Yeah, because she, she she sang that on Raw during that time. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. However, I don't have the the actual lyrics from it. I have um, Weeble and Bob's parody called Pastry Back in my head. If you haven't seen it, I will get Big Johnny to put a link in the description because it's hilarious. I think anyway. Um, it's my teenage years summed up kind of thing. So there we go. Um. So my top three, in absolutely no particular order, because I couldn't rank them, mm-hmm. um, is the right to censor theme. See, I was going to put that one in, but I thought that was a bit of a cop-out, so... <sighs> it is and it isn't. Um, when they first started, it was it was all right. Mm-hmm. Once you'd hit, like, the third or fourth week of hearing that, and they went on that dominating run... Um, and and they started adding more members, so which means you heard it more every episode of Raw and SmackDown and SmackDown, um, and then probably Heat as well. Yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, okay, I get what they're about now. Stop, <laughs> give them something else. Um, and yeah, there's something in it as well. There's a, a, a alarm in it that is the right frequency to actually make my brain start oh. vibrating, and I, I can't be dealing with that. I'm sorry, no. Um, there are better ways to get heat, people. Um, so, uh, the next one is mm-hmm. um, I Love You for Brother Love. Oh, no. Now, the reason why is as a child, and I'm talking like a little child, I'm talking like three, maybe four, I couldn't understand why the man had a red face. I couldn't. Um, and to, as as an adult, I still don't understand it. I know it's face paint, but yeah. Um, and I just didn't like him. Just did not like. Sorry <laughs> to Bruce Pritchard, but I just didn't like you. Sorry. It's nothing personal. I just would much rather see another match than the segment that you did. Um, and then... Um, oh, this this one brings back painful memories. To be fair, um, it's a song called "Tell Me a Lie," and it's used for the vignette to pay tribute to Shawn Michaels when he lost his smile. Okay. Um, and I was heartbroken because. Uh. I loved Shawn Michaels as a kid. I still love Shawn Michaels now, to be fair. Um, and it was really sad. And the way that it was done, I believe that was it. The world was over. He's never coming back. Blah, blah, blah. I was probably about six, 
six, possibly seven at the oldest. So, of course, what I saw portrayed... Still real to you, damn it. It, it was still real to me, damn it. Um, even before I knew what still real to me was, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that just, that just hurts me in the feels unnecessarily. I don't like it. Um, and, it and, you know, um, for those of you that, that aren't aware, again, we'll put a link down in the description for you. Um, but, yeah, it, it's basically a song that talks about how, you know, they've they've grown up and, you know, tell us a lie and, and say you won't go. And, you know, I realise you have to walk away no more yesterday's kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. I would cry, but I've got expensive makeup on, so I'm sorry. Yeah, me I, too. I love you, Sean, but is it enough to ruin my makeup? No. Sorry. Mm. I don't think there's many things um, that, that are are there for a woman to be willing to ruin her makeup, so. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, anyway. Uh, right, but so. <laughs> now is just not one of them. Yes, now is not one of them. Uh, moving on to the happier times, what's your top three? Okay, well, I have at least four honourable mentions, and then when I say three, I have about another three for every era after this. Uh, so oh. honourable mentions, I'll do the quick fire through. So um, Gangrel theme, which was uh, one we mentioned earlier, and so I kind of already said why, but also it, that one came to mind because I had a dream last night, I was walking to work, and I just really wanted to listen to Gangrel's theme song. So I pulled out my phone and started to get it set up on Spotify and then my phone fell apart. That's a sign, surely. Mm. I just literally got a new phone like two days ago, so it better not be a sign. Better not be. Stay together, phone. Stay together. You can do this. Um, then we get Never Thought My Life Could Be This Good, Kerwin White's theme song. Oh. The Frank Sinatra one. Oh, I'm not too sure about that one. Ah, what an absolute gem. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Kerwin White is better known as uh, Chavo Guerrero. Um, it's the reason why during all the tributes to Eddie Guerrero, he has this weird, rich, blonde haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the greatest of times um as i remember uh chavo was on raw eddie was on smackdown they'd been separated due to the draft eddie was getting a massive singles push and chavo was not let's just leave it there yeah um so yeah if you ever look at the fifth footage that's the time we're sort of talking about but Hmm. yeah um I'm not sure I'm with you on that one, but carry on. Well, it got it got brought back as Michael Cole's theme song, but it will always be Carolyn Waits to me. Get you. Um, it was a gem of a theme. Like, obviously, say what you will about the the time and the gimmick and all that, but gem of a theme. Um, Victory is mine, Santiago Morella's theme song. Yes, I like that one. That's a good choice. And uh, the last uh, honourable mention I have is this Fire Burn CM Punk's theme song. Nice. Although used for Andy Orton. It was, yes. For one week. And it was very bizarre. Yeah, because when he came out, I was like, that doesn't suit Randy Orton. 
I was just like, oh my god, that's Killswitch Engage, that's my favourite band, and Randy Orton is coming out to them. And then, and then uh, the next week he came back out to Burnham LA, and I'm like, but no, Killswitch. But I think they made the right choice going to um, CM Punk with that. Makes sense, makes more sense. But anyway... So that's honourable mentions out the way. We'll quickly get into my main picks. Uh, so I literally have put then, then attitude era and then current. Uh, so then being the 80s, because I wasn't obviously a big 80s fan, like because I wasn't born in the 80s for a start. So that normally helps. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I am not as well versed, but million dollar man. Um, has to be up there as one of the greatest 80s themes ever. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so many memories attached to that. Um, but and yeah. then just, just another talk about getting the perfect sounding theme song to go with a gimmick. Yeah, and the fact that it's actually the Million Dollar Man as well. <laughs> yeah. um, singing it is, is just amazing. Um, it would be interesting to hear... Uh, what he thinks of it now given that he's sort of is he a born again Christian or something like that yeah he's like a minister or something yeah and I think that uh, his son Ted DiBiase Jr. followed followed suit Mm. Um, but it would be interesting to see what he thought about that theme now given everything (laughs) that we know yeah given his now uh, life choices yeah, life-changing choices. Um, so uh, we'll move on to the Attitude Era. Like, I mean, literally, I could name about a hundred from you know Attitude Era onwards. But so I really had to like tie my own hands here. So first of all, we have "Here Comes the Money" by Shane McMahon. Yes, mate, slam it mm-hmm. down. Absolutely, uh, banging it, Scotty Too High. All right. And then probably the, 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 this was the first one I wrote down, so I'm saving the best for last. Stone Cold Steve Austin's Alliance theme song. What one? Oh, was that the Disturbed one? No, it was before that. Wow, okay. Yeah. Right. It was um, it was a lot faster paced and like, it was just like, it would go glass shards. Yeah. I uh, I know what you mean. Because like that was when it was it was the big WCW heel, and then like it would come out with that extra like additional like speed and swagger. So like the sped up theme song just made him look even more like like because he always had the the swagger of right I'm going to hear and I'm going to kick whip some ass and drink some beer. But now it's like yeah. I'm going to whip double the amount of ass. I'm going to drink double the amount of beer. Then I'm going to whip your ass again when I'm drunk. Yeah, and I'm going to keep going until I fall over. Which isn't going to happen for a while. And then if I do fall over, I'll probably fall on top of you, which will hurt. Exactly. Exactly. I like it. Um, all good choices, really. Nice mm. one. Um, um, oh, go on. Well, got two, two left. One of them, again, was one I mentioned, which was King of Kings. So don't need to get into yeah. that one. The last one, and this may be controversial. Oh, God, here we go. But Baron Corbin's current theme song, without the... Without the king, but in it, because Go on. that that was the last ever Jim Johnson theme that he worked on before he left. No way. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah, that was the last one he had. 
and it was like it was it, it was almost like he was getting dragged out the door as he was finishing that. Um, yeah. And then because it, Corbin used it on television, and then that was when it was just lyricless, so it was just the the theme music with the dun 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 dun, dun yeah. and then then like the the lyrics got added in the lead singer of Bad Wolves is the 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 man behind the the voice yeah and um that was that was the last theme song that Jim Johnson worked on before he left WWE so it's always kind of sentimental in a way crazy crazy okay so I have no pressure now <laughs> I was looking at the at what I'd put and I was thinking I haven't really represented the decades quite well but there's a reason why they are the way or they are my picks if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, honorable mention goes to Stone Cold's uh, I won't do what you tell me theme. Yep. Um just because it brings back the memories of uh, I think it's the Royal Rumble where the glass on the door Mm-hmm. And it's got Austin 360, and it shatters, and he then walks through. I think that's an iconic moment, and absolutely love it. Um, and as we said earlier, Madison Square Garden staple. Yeah. Every time it was in Madison Square Garden, they set that up for him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not being funny, but every time I think about it, I can't, I can't think of a better theme for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um. My top three in no particular order. Um, I'm gonna have Viva La Raza. Oh hell yeah! Eddie Guerrero. Um, I don't need to say too much about this. Um, what an absolute legend. Um, it was used, although slightly different, when Los Guerreros was a thing. So you had Chavo in there as well. We still. Yeah. Um, and just so many fond memories attached to it and I don't associate Eddie Guerrero's last theme with him mm-hmm. um, I don't think he used it for that long I think he used Viva La Rasa for longer yeah because there was there was versions of that like when he turned heel there was the slowed down I lie I cheat I steal it like it was still really good but then it changed yeah. again like it was like gangster lane was like the last one yeah. so like it started with a um mobile phone ringing yeah ringing yeah um but you know anytime you heard that music irrespective of whether it was eddie as a single competitor or eddie as a tag team competitor you knew you were gonna get a fantastic experience into <laughs> we're gonna get a low rider coming out and lots and of shenanigans thing. yeah yeah um I'm wondering what colour it would be and whether he would make it bounce or whether, you know, it wouldn't or whatever. Or how is he going to cheat in his matches? Yes, and how is he going to make it hilarious? Mm -hmm. Um, My second one is Drew McIntyre's theme, Broken Dreams. Mm -hmm. I had uh, had a lot lot of uh, thinking about whether or not I put that on. um, It's actually... um, sang by i think it's a band called shaman's harvest mm-hmm. um now i picked it for two reasons two one i really liked the theme anyway mm-hmm. um and felt that it suited him mm-hmm. and secondly it reminds me of when i first got with my partner 
because at the time he had uh, Raw versus SmackDown 2009 and it constantly came on as we were playing through it. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of that first summer when we were together. And then a little, a little bringing it back, because I've got a reputation to keep as some sort of cold-hearted person here. Um, something like two or three days before uh, Drew McIntyre won the NXT title, mm-hmm. he tweeted out, I think it was to Bobby Roode, um, he actually tweeted out the first lyrics from that. So yeah. you're out of time, so say goodbye, what is yours now is mine. Um, and I thought that was a nice little thing to bring it full circle, and a lot of people were like... <gasps> bring it back, bring it back. Yes, please, because that would be ace. Um, and number one, how, how can it not be? Um, it is Shawn Michaels' is sexy boy, without a shadow of doubt. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that's the greatest theme of all time. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to label it as that. But there's two versions of it. There's a version that has uh, Sherry Martel. No. That's not my version. No. Um, But there is one that features Sensational Sherry um, singing. She sings the Sean bit at the beginning. Um, And then there's the OG, the Bay the one that just has everything um and yeah i will happily pop anytime i hear that um so much so it is on one of the songs um on a driving cd that i made um because sometimes you just need to get in the car and put it on and just sing your little heart out to it really um and also like don't get me wrong it's iconic on its own but it gave us that absolute beauty of a moment where Kurt Angle sang it as well. Um, and about how he's a sex... What's sharing the words? Yes. Uh, and he'll make he'll make your ankle hurt. Um, ankle hurt. And we, we need that. We need that in our lives. <laughs> and it's... Don't get me wrong. It's cheesy. It's narcissistic. It's... Let's be honest with you. The lyrical content isn't the greatest... But that's not what it's about. Mm-mm. It's about identifying it with someone. And when Shawn Michaels came back, I would have been very, very disappointed if he had changed to something else. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. The fact that that song lasted, like, well, it's still used today. Like that theme song is nearly 30 years old at this point. Yeah, Jim Jim should get into the Hall of Fame just on that song alone. Yeah. Just on the merit of that song. <laughs> never um, mind all the other songs that we mentioned. No, never mind. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's, uh, I'm sure, and we said this the other day, I'm sure that if we were to do this as a main topic for everyone, I'm sure that we could have the, the exact same topic and come up with different things. I mean, it was so difficult. Um, I didn't do what Grizz did, which was, you know, going proper. I literally just sat and went, right, the first three ones that I like, they're going down. And the first three ones that I don't like are going down. Um, and I've noticed they sort of, they're sort of like the early nineties um, with a little bit of the attitude era mixed in. I think the newest one is actually Drew McIntyre's theme. Mm-hmm. And even then good, that's still about nearly 15 years ago. Yeah. Which is quite scary. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Um, 
so to round it off um and to kind of because i'm just aware of time because this has turned into like a swift and a half one yeah this is um, this is where this is where you go to the cup the, the pub for a couple of drinks and then you come you come back home at one in the morning just saying it gets kind of hand yeah um and also we're making up for the fact that our episode from saturday has been lost to the internet cloud gods may it rest in peace um so uh just to to address it we um spoke on saturday about the sad news of uh animal Mm -hmm. legion of doom passing away um really just sort of raising a toast to him sharing some memories with him or of him Um, raise his loved one um but obviously you know they're reunited another animal before um very very untimely passing um so um thoughts um most favorite legion of doom moment um if any well yeah just uh, i was getting an, an actual drink so that we can do a proper clink there we go clink there we go. to you may you uh rest peacefully now um so yeah favorite may you favorite. may you be up in the sky having awesome wrestling matches with everyone else in wrestler heaven could you imagine the card that you can book with that though now what i'm thinking is uh dead wrestler royal rumble yes mate yes eddie guerrero um, mr perfect randy savage the the ultimate warrior hawk and animal just to name a few do you know what? That's that's going to be one we need to cover on a proper episode, I think. Um, oh, what what? Like we should book? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like our, our own our own um, our own show using those wrestlers, and then yeah. see the weird, wonderful combinations that we we get out of that. Yeah. Um, we will discuss more of this when we start recording. Yes, off um, because. Because I have questions. Okay. I have questions. Um, so anyway, um, for me, I'm just going to jump in and just give my favourite memory of the Legion of Doom. Um, I don't really remember their matches. Um, you know, people will go, but this is a wrestling podcast. How dare you not know their matches? Um, but at the end of the day their look was so iconic mm-hmm. um and to be absolutely honest with you i'd never seen anything like that before and you know it hooked me in being the the very small child that i was um i think i saw them live <laughs> i don't yes, know re- retell that story quickly um very very quickly when I was probably four, my dad took us out for a night out and it turned out to be to a wrestling show and Legion of Doom was there. And I remember standing on a chair trying to see them and being able to see them being so excited. And then my eldest brother turned to my dad and was like, I can't believe that's the, you know, the real hawk and animal. And my, my dad turned to him and went, you know, they're not the real ones, don't you? Yeah. 
And to this day, we still don't know because we didn't get like any of the flyers and stuff. I don't know where the tickets have gone or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know somewhere in the world there exists of like tiny pictures and they're like about that big. They're tiny in the picture. So I can't even look back at them. Um, but in my heart, I want to say that I saw them. Let's say that's all. So, um, yeah. So, over to you. I'll throw it over to you. Um, well, being that I was obviously like I wasn't really around during the main time that they were about. So, as much as I always like loved like, as you say, like you know the gear, the face paint, and all that, I, th- I haven't seen that many matches. Like some of the, the the things that I've seen are just like the weird shit like um, as we were kind of talking about on um, Saturday was one of the, the things I remember was their appearance on this uh, the, this DVD set and in fact it, I looked at it as all on YouTube actually called XWF um, yes. and then they were wrestling, um, they were in a feud with uh, the Nasty Boys which they were, was kind of a rehash of their one that they had in the sort of like 80s and um, they were like wrestling like a Gemini, if you ever remember that very short-lived tag team that hung about with Simon Dean. Yeah. Um, and then just like them appearing on like TNA shows, like in the, the really early days and all that kind of stuff. And the one match that I can genuinely remember is Legion of Doom versus Kane and Rob Van Dam on Raw in like 2003 for just a, a one-off. And yeah. it was just like oh man, these guys were like from the olden times and now they're back. And then they only had the one match and then disappeared again, but like... Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure whether um, a more modern audience like would understand fully their aura and their presence that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly back in a pre-internet time. Um, some might remember because it's been discussed about Um, And it's also quite recent in terms of Dark Side of the Ring, um, the storyline where they tried to introduce uh, Doz into, uh, sorry, not Doz, Droz, into the um, Legion of Doom. And they played up on Hawk's real life substance abuse problem. Um, And that's not the way that they should be remembered. They should be remembered as, you know, I mean, that reception they got at, SummerSlam 92 at Wembley um you know just thinking about it now is you know it gives goosebumps it gives the chills um you know so um and also what was that not to ruin the moment but like do you know the backstory behind that match which bit which backstory uh originally they were meant to be in the same main event wrestling for the tag titles but Hawk showed up so out of that that they got moved to the the first match of the show against I think it was Mink or something and no way granted the fact that like and then they came out on their motorcycles and then they still won so yeah yeah I mean I knew that that they that Hawk had turned up intoxicated um and there's also rumors that David Boy Smith was intoxicated too um, at WrestleMania 92, but we'll t- uh, not WrestleMania 92, uh, SummerSlam 92, um, but we'll talk about that in depth another time. But um, yeah, I think that's sort of a testament to them as well because that 
level of intoxication and they still went out and they still did what they were supposed to do um so yeah um so uh you finished your drink so i'll do this one for you uh we will raise our glass again um do you want to talk about the weird family the weird wrestling family that you did um the fact that there was one point where john cena was going out with uh, nikki bella and ryan was going out with brie bella and then the, the bella's mum who, uh, who is married to john moronitis big johnny himself uh the real big johnny no the real big johnny is our big johnny <laughs> go on so there was a period of time where that family had John Cena, John Morinitis, Road Warrior Animal, Daniel Bryan, and the Bella Twins all, all in the same family. Yeah, just just for clarity, um, John Morinitis is actually Animal's brother in real life. Um, I can't remember Animal's real name, which is really bad. Um, what was it? No, you've gone quiet. God damn it. Joe Laurinaitis. There we go. Got you. Um, Joe Laurinaitis is obviously related to John Laurinaitis. So, yeah. Um, I think that blew my mind a little bit when I found out. But, anyway. Um, two completely different styles of wrestling. And they're both they're both in the same business. But they're like, not, not only are they not teaming together, but. Yeah. I mean. It's very weird to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's interesting how they have gone their separate ways and never really combined on screen or whatever. So um we could talk about that another time as well. Yeah. So anyway, um on that note, we're gonna leave it there because this has sort of ended up as a swift two and a half, not one and a half. Um so I'm just going to end there. I'm just going to say thank you to Grizz for taking time out of his day off to come on and, and uh, chat with us. Thank you to Taco for, uh, yes, you, um, for being as amazing and showing up at the end like our little mascot should do and for sleeping through most of it and not disturbing your dad. Um, thank you. That's why I snatched them. I get you. Um, thank you to our members of the brood um, who couldn't be with us today because um, they unfortunately had to work. Bless them. Sorry about that. Um, and members that did show up on Saturday for the last episode. Yeah. Um, thank you as well. Um, thank you to Big Johnny for not only giving us the platform to do this also for being so understanding about what happened with our last episode um thank you to everyone that we normally thank at the end um you know for our theme music for everything that we do you can follow us on all forms of social media we've got big things coming up um in the in the future just look for the turnbuckle arms if you've got any questions if you've got any suggestions please feel free to send them into the turnbuckle arms at gmail.com um and as always keep liking keep sharing subscribe and uh we will catch you soon when the bar opens again from grizz and lexi thank you so much 
and we will speak to you soon. Stay safe. Bye. Vagina, 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 vagina